Section 34 of A Book of Myths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. A Book of Myths by Jane Lang. Section 34. Deirdre. Her beauty filled the old world of the Gael with a sweet, wonderful, and abiding rumour. The name of Deirdre has been as a harp to a thousand poets. In a land of heroes and brave and beautiful women, how shall one name survive? Yet to this day, and forever, men will remember Deirdre. Fiona MacLeod so long ago that it was before the birth of our lord so says tradition there was born that morning star of loveliness unhappy helen of a western land who is known to the celts of scotland as darthool to those of ireland as deirdre as in the story of helen it is not easy or even possible in the story of deirdre to disentangle the old old facts of actual history from the web of romantic fairy tale that time has woven about them yet so great is the power of deirdre even unto this day that it has been the fond task of those men and women to whom the gael owes so much to preserve and to translate for posterity the tragic romance of deirdre the beautiful and the sons of usna in many ancient manuscripts we get the story in more or less complete form in the advocates library of edinburgh in the glen mason manuscript we get the best and the fullest version while the oldest and the shortest is to be found in the twelfth century book of leinster but those who would revel in the old tale and have deirdre lead them by the hand into the enchanted realm of the romance of misty ancient days of our western isles must go for help to fiona macleod to alexander carmichael to lady gregory to dr douglas hyde to w f skeen to w b yeats to j m singe and to those others who like true descendants of the druids possess the power of unlocking the entrance gates of the green islands of the blessed concubar or connor ruled the kingdom of the Ultonians, now Ulster, when Deirdre was born in Eden. All the most famous warriors of his time, heroes whose mighty deeds live on in legend, and whose title was the champions of the Red Branch, he gathered round him, and all through Eden and Alba rang the fame of the warlike Ultonians. There came a day when Connor and his champions, gorgeous in their gala dress of crimson tunic with brooches of inlaid gold and white-hooded shirt embroidered in red gold went to a feast in the house of one called felim felim was a bard and because not only was his arm in war strong and swift to strike but because in peace his fingers could draw the sweetest of music from his harp he was dear to the king as they feasted connor beheld a dark shadow of horror and of grief fall on the face of cathbad a druid who had come in his train and saw that his aged eyes were gazing far into the unseen speedily he bade him tell him what evil thing it was that he saw and cathbad turned to the childless felim and told him that to his wife there was about to be born a daughter with eyes like stars that are mirrored by night in the water with lips red as the rowan berries and teeth more white than pearls with a voice more sweet than the music of fairy harps a maiden fair tall long-haired for whom champions will contend and mighty kings be envious of her lovely faultless form for her sweet sake he said more blood should be spilt in Eden than for generations and ages past, and many heroes and bright torches of the gales should lose their lives. For love of her, three heroes of eternal renown must give their lives away. The sea in which her starry eyes should mirror themselves would be a sea of blood, 
and woe unutterable should come on the sons of erin then up spoke the lords of the red branch and grimly they looked at felim the harper if the babe that thy wife is about to bear is to bring such evil upon our land better that thou shouldst shed her innocent blood ere she spills the blood of our nation and felim made answer it is well spoken bitter it is for my wife and for me to lose a child so beautiful yet shall i slay her that my land may be saved from such a doom but connor the king spoke then and because the witchery of the perfect beauty and the magic charm of deirdre was felt by him even before she was born he said she shall not die upon myself i take the doom the child shall be kept apart from all men until she is of an age to wed then shall i take her for my wife and none shall dare to contend for her his voice had barely ceased when a messenger came to felim to tell him that a daughter was born to him and on his heels came a procession of chanting women bearing the babe on a flower-decked cushion and all who saw the tiny thing with milk-white skin and locks more yellow than the western gold of the summer sun looked on her with the fear that even the bravest heart feels on facing the unknown and cathbad spoke let deirdre be her name sweet menace that she is and the babe gazed up with starry eyes at the white-haired druid as he chanted to her many will be jealous of your face o flame of beauty for your sake heroes shall go to exile for there is harm in your face it will bring banishment and death on the sons of kings in your fate o beautiful child are wounds and ill-doings and shedding of blood you will have a little grave apart to yourself you will be a tale of wonder forever deirdre lady gregory's translation as connor commanded deirdre the little babe of destiny was left with her mother for only a month and a day and then was sent with a nurse and with cathbad the druid to a lonely island thickly wooded and only accessible by a sort of causeway at low tide here she grew into maidenhood and each day became more fair she had instruction from cathbad in religion and in all manner of wisdom and it would seem as though she also learned from him some of that mystical power that enabled her to see things hidden from human eyes tell me one day she asked her teacher who made the stars the firmament above the earth the flowers both thee and me and cathbad answered god but who god is alas no man can say then deirdre an impetuous child seized the druidical staff from the hand of cathbad broke it in two and flung the pieces far out on the water ah cathbad she cried there shall come one in the dim future for whom all your druid spells and charms are naught then seeing cathbad hang his head and a tear trickled down his face for he knew that the child spoke truth the child grieved at giving pain to the friend whom she loved threw her arms about the old man's neck and by her kisses strove to comfort him as deirdre grew older connor sent one from his court to educate her in all that any queen should know they called her the lavarcom which in our tongue really means the gossip and she was one of royal blood who belonged to a class that in those days had been trained to be chroniclers or storytellers the lavarcom was a clever woman and she marveled at the wondrous beauty of the child she came to teach and at her equally marvellous mind one winter day when the snow lay deep it came to pass that deirdre saw lying on the snow a calf that had been slain for her food the red blood that ran from its neck had brought a black raven swooping down upon the snow and to lavarcom deirdre said if there were a man who had hair of the blackness of that raven skin of the whiteness of the snow 
and cheeks as red as the blood that stains its whiteness to him should i give my heart and lavarcom without thought made answer one i know whose skin is whiter than the snow whose cheeks are ruddy as the blood that stained the snow and whose hair is black and glossy as the raven's wing he has eyes of the darkest blue of the sky and head and shoulders is he above all men of Eden. and what will be the name of that man lavarcom asked deirdre and whence is he and what his degree and lavarcom made answer that he of whom she spoke was nisha one of the three sons of usna a great lord of alba and that these three sons were mighty champions who had been trained at the famed military school at skathic in the isle of skye then said deirdre my love shall be given to none but nisha son of usna to him shall it belong for ever from that day forward nisha held kingship over the thoughts and dreams of deirdre and when lavarcom saw how deep her careless words had sunk into the heart of the maiden she grew afraid and tried to think of a means by which to undo the harm which in her thoughtlessness she had wrought now connor had made a law that none but cathbad lavarcom and the nurse of deirdre should pass through the forest that led to her hiding-place and that none but they should look upon her until his own eyes beheld her and he took her for his wife but as lavarcom one day came from seeing deirdre and from listening to her many eager questions about nisha she met a swine-herd rough in looks and speech and clad in the pelt of a deer and with him two rough fellows bondmen of the ultonians and to her quick mind there came a plan thus she bade them follow her into the forbidden forest and there to remain by the side of a well until they should hear the bark of a fox and the cry of a jay then they were to walk slowly on through the woods speaking to none whom they might meet and still keeping silence when they were again out of the shadow of the trees then lavarcom sped back to deirdre and begged her to come with her to enjoy the beauty of the woods in a little lavarcom strayed away from her charge and soon the cry of a jay and the bark of a fox were heard and while deirdre still marvelled at the sounds that came so close together lavarcom returned nor had she been back a minute before three men came through the trees and slowly walked past close to where lavarcom and deirdre were hidden i have never seen men so near before said deirdre only from the outskirts of the forest have i seen them very far away who are these men who bring no joy to my eyes and lavarcom made answer these are nisha arden and ainley the three sons of usna but deirdre looked hard at lavarcom and scorn and laughter were in her merry eyes then shall i have speech with nisha arden and ainley she said and ere lavarcom could stop her she had flitted through the trees by a path amongst the fern and stood suddenly before the three men and the rough hinds seeing such perfect loveliness made very sure that deirdre was one of the sea and stared at her with the round eyes and gaping mouths of wondering terror for a moment deirdre gazed at them then are ye the sons of usna she asked and when they stood like stocks frightened and stupid she lashed them with her mockery until the swineherd could no more and blurted out the whole truth to this most beautiful of all the world then very gently like pearls from a silver string the words fell from the rowan red lips of deirdre i blame thee not poor swineherd she said and that thou mayest know that i deem thee a true man i would fain ask thee to do one thing for me and when the eyes of the herd met the eyes of deirdre a soul was born in him and he knew things of which he never before had dreamed if i can do one thing to please thee 
that will i do he said i and gladly pay for it with my life thenceforth my life is thine and deirdre said i would fain see nisha one of the sons of usna and once more the swineherd said my life is thine then deirdre seeing in his eyes a very beautiful thing stooped and kissed the swineherd on his weather-beaten tanned forehead go then she said to nisha tell him that i deirdre dream of him all the night and think of him all the day and that i bid him meet me here to-morrow an hour before the setting of the sun the swineherd watched her flit into the shadows of the trees and then went on his way through the snowy woods that he might pay with his life for the kiss that deirdre had given him sorely puzzled was lavarcam over the doings of deirdre that day for deirdre told her not a word of what had passed between her and the swineherd on the morrow when she left her to go back to the court of king connor she saw as she drew near Amon maka where he stayed black wings that flapped over something that lay on the snow at her approach there arose three ravens three kites and three hoodie crows and she saw that their prey was the body of the swineherd with gaping spear wounds all over him yet even then he looked happy he had died laughing and there was still a smile on his lips faithfully had he delivered his message and when he had spoken of the beauty of deirdre rumour of his speech had reached the king and the spears of connor's men had enabled him to make true the words he had said to deirdre i will pay for it with my life in this way was shed the first blood of that great sea of blood that was spilt for the love of deirdre the beauty of the world from where the swineherd lay lavarcam went to the camp of the sons of usna and to nisha she told the story of the love that deirdre bore him and counselled him to come to the place where she was hidden and behold her beauty and nisha who had seen how even a rough clod of a hind could achieve the noble chivalry of a race of kings for her dear sake felt his heart throb within him i will come he said to lavarcam days passed and deirdre waited very sure that nisha must come to her at last and one day she heard a song of magical sweetness coming from the trees three voices sung the song and it was as though one of the sea played a harp to cast a spell upon men the voice of ainley youngest of the sons of usna was like the sweet upper strings of the harp that of arden the strings in the middle and the voice of nisha was like the strings whose deep resonance can play upon the hearts of warriors and move them to tears then deirdre knew that she heard the voice of her beloved and she sped to him as a bird speeds to her mate even as lavarcam had told her was nisha eldest of the sons of usna but no words had been able to tell nisha of the beauty of deirdre it was as though a sudden flood of sunshine burst forth in that place for a woman came from the thicket more beautiful than any dream he had ever dreamed she was clad in a saffron robe over white that was like the shining of the sun on foam of the sea and this was clasped with great bands of yellow gold and over her shoulders was the rippling flood of her hair the sprays of which lightened into delicate fire and made a mist before him in the which he could see her eyes like two blue pools wherein purple shadows dreamed fiona macleod from that moment nisha gave his love to deirdre above every other creature and their souls rushed together and were one for evermore it was for them the beginning of a perfect love and so sure were they of that love from the very first moment that it seemed as though they must have been born loving one another of that love they talked of the anger of connor when he knew that his destined bride was the love of nisha and together they planned how it was best for deirdre to escape from the furious wrath of the king who desired her for his own 
of a sudden the hands of nisha gripped the iron-pointed javelin that hung by his side and drove it into a place where the snow weighed down the bracken is it a wolf cried deirdre and nisha made answer either a dead man or the mark of where a man has lain hidden thou wilt find under the bracken and when they went to look they found like the clap of a hare the mark of where a man had lain hidden and close beside the javelin that was driven in the ground there lay a wooden-hilted knife then said nisha well i knew that connor would set a spy on my tracks come with me now deirdre else may i lose thee forever and with a glad heart deirdre went with him who was to be her lord and nisha took her to where his brothers awaited his coming to deirdre both ainley and arden swiftly gave their lifelong allegiance and their love but they were full of forebodings for her and for nisha because of the certain wrath of connor the king then said nisha although harm should come for her dear sake i am willing to live in disgrace for the rest of my days and arden and ainley made answer of a certainty evil will be of it yet though there be thou shalt not be under disgrace as long as we shall be alive we will go with her to another country there is not in edin a king who will not bid us welcome then did the sons of usna decide to cross the sea of moyle and in their own land of alba to find a happy sanctuary that night they fled and with them took three times fifty men three times fifty women three times fifty horses and three times fifty greyhounds and when they looked back to where they had had their dwelling they saw red flames against the deep blue sky of the night and knew that the vengeance of connor had already begun and first they travelled round edin from isa to ben Eter, and then in a great black galley they set sail and deirdre had a heart light as the white-winged sea-birds as the men pulled at the long oars and sang together a rowing song and she leaned on the strong arm of nisha and saw the blue coastline of edin fading into nothingness in the bay of eros on the eastern shores of the island of mull they found their first resting-place but there they feared treachery from a lord of apen for the starry eyes of deirdre were swift to discern evil that the eyes of the sons of usna could not see thus they fared onward until they reached the great sea-loch of etiva with hills around it and ben cruachan its head in mist towering above it like a watchman placed there by time to wait and to watch over the people of those silent hills and lonely glens until time should give place to his brother eternity joy was in the hearts of the three sons of usna when they came back to the home of their fathers usna was dead but beyond the falls of lora was still the great dun the vitrified fort which he had built for himself and for those who should follow him for deirdre then began a time of perfect happiness nisha was her heart but very dear to her also were the brothers of nisha and each of the three vied with one another in their acts of tender and loving service their thrice fifty vassals had no love for alba and rejoiced when their lord nisha allowed them to return to edin but the sons of usna were glad to have none to come between them and their serving of deirdre the queen of their hearts soon she came to know well each little bay each beach and each little lonely glen of loch etiva for the sons of usna did not always stay at the dun which had been their fathers but went a-hunting up the loch at various spots on the shores of etiva they had camping-places and at dalenis they built for deirdre a sunny bower on a sloping bank above the waterfall they built the little nest thatched with the royal fern of the mountains the red clay of the pools and with soft feathers from the breasts of birds there she could sit and listen to the murmur and drip of the clear water over the mossy boulders the splash of the salmon in the dark pools and see the distant silver of the loch 
when the summer sun was hot on the bog myrtle and heather the hum of the wild bees would lull her to sleep and in autumn when the bracken grew red and golden and the rowan berries grew red as deirdre's lips her keen eyes would see the stags grazing high up among the grey boulders of the mist-crowned mountains and would warn the brothers of the sport awaiting them the crow of the grouse the belling of stags the bark of the hill-fox the swish of the great wings of the golden eagle the song of birds the lilt of running water the complaining of the wind through the birches all these things made music to deirdre to whom all things were dear is to mine na dearshul aga the tenderness of heart-sweet deirdre so runs a line in an old old gaelic verse and it is always of her tenderness as well as her beauty that the old ea speak sometimes she would hunt the red deer with nisha and his brothers up the lonely glens up through the clouds to the silent mountain tops and in the evening when she was weary her three loyal worshippers would proudly bear her home upon their bucklers so the happy days passed away and in Eden the angry heart of connor grew yet more angry when tidings came to him of the happiness of deirdre and the sons of usna rumour came to him that the king of alba had planned to come against nisha to slay him and to take deirdre for his wife but that ere he could come the sons of usna and deirdre had sailed yet further north in their galley and that there in the land of his mother nisha ruled as a king and not only on loch etiva but on loch awe and loch fien loch striven loch ard loch long loch loman and all along the sea loch coast the fame of the sons of usna spread and the wonder of the beauty of deirdre fairest of women and ever the hatred of connor grew until one day there came into his mind a plan of evil by which his burning thirst for revenge might be handsomely assuaged he made therefore a great feast at which all the heroes of the red branch were present when he had done them every honour he asked them if they were content as one man well content indeed answered they and that is what i am not said the king then with the guile of fair words he told them that to him it was great sorrow that the three heroes with whose deeds the western isles and the whole of the north and west of alba were ringing should not be numbered amongst his friends sit at his board in peace and amity and fight for the ultonians like all the other heroes of the red branch they took from me the one who would have been my wife he said yet even that i can forgive and if they would return to Eden, glad would my welcome be. At these words there was great rejoicing amongst the lords of the Red Branch, and all those who listened. And Connor, glad at heart, said, My three best champions shall go to bring them back from their exile. And he named Connell the Victorious, Cuchulain, and Fergus, the son of Rosa the Red. Then secretly, he called Connell to him, and asked him what he would do if he were sent to fetch the sons of Usna, and, in spite of his safe conduct, they were slain when they reached the land of the Ultonians. And Connell made answer that, should such a shameful thing come to pass, he would slay with his own hand all the traitor dogs. Then he sent for Cuchulain, and to him put the same question and in angry scorn the young hero replied that even connor himself would not be safe from his vengeance were such a deed of black treachery to be performed well did i know thou didst bear me no love said connor and black was his brow he called for fergus then and fergus sore troubled made answer that were there to be such a betrayal the king alone would be held sacred from his vengeance then connor gladly gave fergus command to go to alba as his emissary and to fetch back with him the three brothers and deirdre the beautiful 
thy name of old was honeymouth he said so i know well that with guile thou canst bring them to edin and when thou shalt have returned with them send them forward but stay thyself at the house of borach borach shall have warning of thy coming this he said because to fergus and to all the other of the red branch a gisa or pledge was sacrosanct and well he knew that fergus had as one of his gisa that he would never refuse an invitation to a feast next day fergus and his two sons illin the fair and bjorn the red set out in their galley for the dun of the sons of usna on loch etiva the day before their hurried flight from Erin, ainley and arden had been playing chess in their dun with connor the king the board was of fair ivory and the chessmen were of red gold wrought in strange devices it had come from the mysterious east in years far beyond the memory of any living man and was one of the dearest of connor's possessions thus when ainley and arden carried off the chessboard with them in their flight after the loss of deirdre that was the loss that gave the king the greatest bitterness now it came to pass that as nisha and deirdre were sitting in front of their dun the little waves of loch etiva lapping up on the seaweed yellow as the hair of deirdre far below and playing chess at this board they heard a shout from the woods down by the shore where the hazels and birches grew thick that is the voice of a man of Eden, said nisha and stopped in his game to listen but deirdre said very quickly not so it is the voice of a gay lavalba yet so she spoke that she might try to deceive her own heart that even then was chilled by the black shadow of an approaching evil then came another shout and yet a third and when they heard the third shout there was no doubt left in their minds for they all knew the voice for that of fergus the son of rosa the red and when arden hastened down to the harbour to greet him deirdre confessed to nisha why she had refused at first to own that it was a voice from Erin that she heard i saw in a dream last night she said three birds that flew hither from Aman maka carrying three sips of honey in their beaks the honey they left with us but took away three sips of blood and nisha said what then best beloved dost thou read from this dream of thine and deirdre said i read that fergus comes from connor with honeyed words of peace but behind his treacherous words lies death as they spake arden and fergus and his following climbed up the height where the bog myrtle and the heather and sweet fern yielded their sweetest incense as they were wounded under their firm tread and when fergus stood before deirdre and nisha the man of her heart he told them of connor's message and of the peace and the glory that awaited them in Erin, if they would but listen to the words of welcome that he brought then said nisha i am ready but his eyes dared not meet the sea-blue eyes of deirdre his queen knowest thou that my pledge is one of honour asked fergus i know it well said nisha so in joyous feasting was that night spent and only over the heart of deirdre hung that black cloud of sorrow to come of woe unspeakable when the golden dawn crept over the blue hills of loch etiva and the white-winged birds of the sea swooped and dived and cried in the silver waters the galley of the sons of usna set out to sea and deirdre over whom hung a doom she had not the courage to name sang a song at parting the lay of deirdre beloved land that eastern land alba with its wonders oh that i might not depart from it but that i go with nisha beloved is dunfiga and dunfin beloved the dun above them beloved is innisdregan and beloved dunsweeny kilhun o kilhun where ainley would alas resort too short i deem was then my stay 
with Ainley in Odir Alban. Glenlade, O oh Glenlade, I used to sleep by its soothing murmur. Fish and flesh of wild boar and badger was my repast in Glenlade. Glenmason, O oh Glenmason, high its herbs, fair its boughs. Solitary was the place of our repose on grassy Invermason. Glenech, O oh Glenech, there was raised my earliest home. Beautiful its woods on rising when the sun struck on Glenech. Glenurken, O oh Glenurken, it was the straight glen of smooth ridges. Not more joyful was a man of his age than Nisha in Glenurken. Glendarur, O oh Glendarur, my love each man of its inheritance. Sweet the voice of the cuckoo on bending bough on the hill above Glendarur. Beloved is Dragon and its sounding shore. Beloved is the water o'er the pure sand. Oh, that I might not depart from the east, but that I go with my beloved. Translated by W. F. Skeen, L.L.D. Thus they fared across the grey-green sea betwixt Alba and Erin, and when Arden and Ainley and Nisha heard the words of the song of Deirdre, on their hearts also descended the strange sorrow of an evil thing from which no courage could save them. At Ballycastle, opposite Rathlin Island, where a rock on the shore, Kerig Usnik, still bears the name of the sons of Usna, Fergus and the returned exiles landed. And scarcely were they out of sight of the shore when a messenger came to Fergus bidding him to a feast of ale at the dun of Borach. Then Fergus, knowing well that in this was the hand of Connor and that treachery was meant, reddened all over with anger and with shame. But yet he dared not break his gaze, even although by holding to it the honour he had pledged to the three brothers for their safe conduct and that of Deirdre was dragged through the mire. He therefore gave them his sons for escort and went to the feast at the dun of Borach, full well knowing that Deirdre spoke truth when she told him sadly that he had sold his honour. The gloomy forebodings that had assailed the heart of Deirdre ere they had left Loch Edeva grew ever the stronger as they went southwards. She begged Nisha to let them go to some place of safety, and there wait until Fergus had fulfilled his geza and could rejoin them and go with them to Amen Macha. But the sons of Usna, strong in the knowledge of their own strength, and simply trustful of the pledged word of Connor and of Fergus, laughed at her fears and continued on their way dreams of dread portent haunted her sleep and by daytime her eyes in her white face looked like violets in the snow she saw a cloud of blood always hanging over the beautiful sons of usna and all of them she saw and elin the fair with their heads shorn off gory and awful yet no pleading words could prevail upon nisha his fate drove him on. To Amen Maka we must go, my beloved, he said. To do other than this would be to show that we have fear, and fear we have none. Thus at last did they arrive at Amen Maka, and with courteous welcome Connor sent them word that the house of the heroes of the Red Branch was to be theirs that night. And although the place the king had chosen for their lodgment confirmed all the intuitions and forebodings of Deirdre, the evening was spent by in good cheer, and Deirdre had the joy of a welcome there from her old friend Lavarcom. For to Lavarcom, Connor had said, I would have thee go to the house of the Red Branch, and bring me back tidings if the beauty of Deirdre has waned, or if she is still the most beautiful of all women and when Lavarcam saw her whom she had loved as a little child playing chess with her husband at the board of ivory and gold she knew that love had made the beauty of deirdre blossom and that she was now more beautiful than the words of any man or woman could tell 
nor was it possible for her to be a tool for connor when she looked in the starry eyes of deirdre and so she poured forth warning of the treachery of connor and the sons of usna knew that there was truth in the dreams of her who was the queen of their hearts and even as lavarcam ceased there came to the eyes of deirdre a vision such as that of cathbad the druid on the night of her birth i see three torches quenched this night she said and these three torches are the three torches of valor among the gael and their names are the names of the sons of usna and more bitter still is this sorrow because that the red branch shall ultimately perish through it and ulad itself be overthrown and blood fall this way and that as the world rains of winter fiona macleod then lavarcam went her way and returned to the palace at eman Macha, and told connor that the cruel winds and snows of alba had robbed deirdre of all her loveliness so that she was no more a thing to be desired but nisha had said to deirdre when she foretold his doom better to die for thee and for thy deathless beauty than to have lived without knowledge of thee and thy love and it may have been that some memory of the face of deirdre when she heard these words dwelt in the eyes of lavarcam and put quick suspicion into the evil heart of the king for when lavarcam had gone forth well pleased that she had saved her darling connor sent a spy a man whose father and three brothers had fallen in battle under the sword of nisha that he might see deirdre and confirm or contradict the report of lavarcam and when this man reached the house of the red branch he found that the sons of usna had been put on their guard for all the doors and windows were barred thus he climbed to a narrow upper window and peered in there lying on the couches the chessboard of ivory and gold between them were nisha and deirdre so beautiful were they that they were as the deathless gods and as they played that last game of their lives they spoke together in low voices of love that sounded like the melody of a harp in the hands of a master player deirdre was the first to see the peering face with the eyes that gloated on her loveliness no word said she but silently made the gaze of nisha follow her own even as he held a golden chessman in his hand pondering a move swift as a stone from a sling the chessman was hurled and the man fell back to the ground with his eyeball smashed and found his way to Amon maka as best he could shaking with agony and snarling with lust for revenge vividly he painted for the king the picture of the most beautiful woman on earth as she played at the chessboard that he held so dear and the rage of connor that had smouldered ever since that day when he learned that nisha had stolen deirdre from him flamed up into madness with a bellow like that of a wounded bull he called upon the iltonians to come with him to the house of the red branch to burn it down and to slay all those within it with the sword save only deirdre who was to be saved for a more cruel fate in the house of the red branch deirdre and the three brothers and the two sons of fergus heard the shouts of the oltonians and knew that the storm was about to break but calm as rocks against which the angry waves beat themselves in vain sat those whose portion at dawn was to be cruel death and nisha and ainley played chess with hands that did not tremble at the first onslaught Bune the red son of fergus sallied forth quenched the flames and drove back the iltonians with great slaughter but connor called to him to parley and offered him a bribe of land and Bune, treacherous son of a treacherous father went over to the enemy his brother elin the fair filled with shame did what he could to make amends he went forth and many hundreds of the besieging army fell before him ere death stayed his loyal hand at his death the iltonians again fired the house and first arden and then ainley left their chests for a fiercer game and glutted their sword blades with the blood of their enemies last came the turn of nisha 
he kissed deirdre and drank a drink and went out against the men of connor and where his brothers had slain hundreds a thousand fell before his sword then fear came into the heart of connor for he foresaw that against the sons of usna no man could prevail save by magic thus he sent for cathbad the druid who was even then very near death and the old man was carried on a litter to the house of the red branch from which the flames were leaping and before which the dead lay in heaps and connor besought him to help him to subdue the sons of usna ere they should have slain every ultonian in the land so by his magic cathbad raised a hedge of spears round the house but nisha arden and ainley with deirdre in their centre sheltered by their shields burst suddenly forth from the blazing house and cut away for themselves through the hedge as though they sheared green wheat and laughing aloud they took a terrible toll of lives from the ultonians who would have withstood them then again the druid put forth his power and a noise like the noise of many waters was in the ears of all who were there so suddenly the magic flood arose that there was no chance of escape for the sons of usna higher it mounted ever higher and nisha held deirdre on his shoulder and smiled up in her eyes as the water rose past his middle then suddenly as it had come the flood abated and all was well with the ultonians who had sheltered on a rising ground but the sons of usna found themselves entrapped in a morass where the water had been connor seeing them in his hands at last bade some of his warriors go and take them but for shame no ultonian would go and it was a man from norway who walked along a dry spit of land to where they stood sunk deep in the green bog slay me first called arden as he drew near sword in hand i am the youngest and who knows my death may change the tide of fate and ainley also craved that death might be dealt to him the first but nisha held out his own sword the retaliator to the executioner Mananan, the son of Lair, gave me my good sword, he said. With it, strike my dear brothers and me one blow only as we stand here like three trees planted in the soil. Then shall none of us know the grief and shame of seeing the other beheaded. And because it was hard for any man to disobey the command of Nisha, a king of men, the Norseman reached out his hand for the sword. But Deirdre sprang from the shoulder of Nisha and would have killed the man ere he struck roughly he threw her aside and with one blow he shore off the heads of the three greatest heroes of alba for a little while there was a great stillness there like the silence before the coming of a storm and then all who had beheld the end of the fair and noble sons of usna broke into great lamentation only connor stood silent gazing at the havoc he had wrought to Cuchulainn, the mighty champion, a good man and a true, Deirdre fled, and begged him to protect her for the little span of life that she knew yet remained to her. And with him she went to where the head of Nisha lay, and tenderly she cleansed it from blood and from the stains of strife and stress, and smoothed the hair that was black as a raven's wing, and kissed the cold lips again and again. And as she held it against her white breast, as a mother holds a little child she chanted for nisha her heart and for his brothers a lament that still lives in the language of the gael is it honor that ye love brave and chivalrous ultonians or is the word of a base king better than noble truth of a surety ye must be glad who have basely slain honor in slaying the three noblest and best of your brotherhood let now my beauty that set all this warring aflame let now my beauty be quenched as a torch that is spent for here shall i quench it here where my loved one lies a torch shall it be for him still through the darkness of death fiona macleod's translation 
then at the bidding of cuchulain the ultonian three graves were dug for the brothers but the grave of nisha was made wider than the others and when he was placed in it standing upright with his head placed on his shoulders deirdre stood by him and held him in her white arms and murmured to him of the love that was theirs and of which not death itself could rob them and even as she spoke to him merciful death took her and together they were buried at that same hour a terrible cry was heard the red branch perisheth ulad passeth ulad passeth and when he had so spoken the soul of cathbad the druid passed away to the land of the ultonians there came on the morrow a mighty host and the red branch was wiped out forever amen maka was cast into ruins and connor died in a madness of sorrow and still in that land of Eden where she died still in the lonely cliques and glens and up the mist-hung mountainsides of loch etive where she knew her truest happiness we can sometimes almost hear the wind sighing the lament deirdre the beautiful is dead is dead i hear a voice crying 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 is it the wind i hear crying its old weary cry time out of mind the gray wind weeps the gray wind weeps the gray wind weeps dust on her breast dust on her eyes the gray wind weeps fiona macleod end of deirdre recording by james k white chula vista end of a book of myths by jane lang